0: Like to start off just by apologizing.
1: Oh, what did you do? Oh, I didn't do shit yet. But
0: <laughs> yet, let's have a discussion about how it's summer. Mm-hmm. It's summer. It, it. We skipped over spring. We always do. It goes it's straight summer. from
1: winter into summer.
0: But even if it was spring, this is still going to happen. As long as the weather is nice, there is going to be a lot of background noise. Yep. Like that. I don't know if that came through on the mic. Hear that? Brrr? So we don't have a fancy studio and, you know, we do the best we can. We're in a spare
1: bedroom. We're surrounded by My Little Pony blankets. Only
0: one is a My Little Pony blanket. Thank you. The other one's just a basic green one. We need more. We also have have the Big Hands Mary.
1: Yeah. Hail Mary
0: over here looking over us while we (laughs) record. She's like, I hate everything you're saying. This is all blasphemous. The point of this is, is that we are also near... Two windows, and I live in a downtown city. Yeah. And it's nice out, and everyone drives really loud cars and motorcycles. Also and screams co- a lot. Scream, a lot of screaming.
1: <laughs> it's just people screaming. in loud cars rolling
0: <laughs> down the street going, <laughs> right. You're You're saying that <laughs> like it's a joke. It's, but not. it's not. It's not at all. So what I am doing is apologizing <laughs> for the next dozen or so episodes. Maybe 20. I don't know how long this will last for. <laughs> this is my first full year in this apartment. And uh, yeah, it, as long as it is nice out, there are going to be people in loud vehicles yeah. and screaming in the streets. We're going to have a lot of crazy guests on here for split seconds. That we never asked to join us. <laughs> they never asked. We never asked. We never invited them. Yeah. So. so I just want to apologize up front for the next <laughs> slew of episodes where there will just be noises and you're going to be like the fuck and we're just gonna ignore it we're gonna just keep moving on yeah, yeah.
1: there's nothing you, we've learned to ignore it by now so you will too
0: <laughs> welcome to rock candy where everything is noise your weekly podcast bringing you sweet treats from the world of music and this time we're bringing you a different kind of death a different we've already done a band called death but this is a Another band. This is a different death. death, a different kind of death, different kind of death. Yeah, yeah. When we were doing the other death, we didn't know which death we were doing. I did. Well, you did you were. <laughs> I mean, but when you first talked about it, and I was trying to do research, like music research, they kept giving me the metal band, and now when I was trying to look up the metal band, they kept giving me the punk band, <laughs> and I'm like, which one no. is it? No,
1: no. Actually,
0: uh, we've had who's a f- on first? <laughs> death, death. Who? Both of them. Just death. You're dying. Yeah, you're dead now. <laughs> um,
1: actually, a few people have asked us to do this band, this death, this death. <laughs> oh, cool. Metal death, not punk death.
0: You are much better at, at communicating with the general public than I am.
1: I try. The but most I'm I can do terrible. is edit
0: and put out the episode, and like, here you go, everybody. Just I'm gonna go nap until we have to record again. <laughs> yeah, nay. But yeah. I'm very excited to hear about this. I listened to a little bit, got myself prepped. Mm-hmm. It's is it hardcore metal, <laughs> death metal. It's death metal. Oh, ha, ha, ha. get it? I Get it? <laughs> it's straight up, straight up death metal. I mean, it's it's death metal. It's good. It's very good death metal. I <laughs> You are just blowing smoke up my ass right now. <laughs> I I just there's something about death metal, maybe or maybe just like you know how I'm about vocals. And and I just You can't do the bah, 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 just like for the whole time. Yeah. No, I, I need like actual... I mean, I don't know if I can say actual singing. I feel like this is a debate I should be having you, with Mike. You like clean vocals. I like clean vocals. That's like that the term. I like a clean vocal. You like a clean, a squeaky oh, that's clean true. vocal. I like a squeaky clean vocal. And But but the instrumentation's wonderful. Yes. Uh, yeah. The drums on human are great. Amazing. I'm sorry. They're amazing. <laughs> but like the the dirty vocals take me out of it are they called dirty vocals i don't even know there is some death metal fan who just turned us off yeah (laughs) i'm sorry well so fucking sorry not sorry at
1: all um but But, but beer beer but
0: beer but beer Mm -hmm. and you can explain the reference to me because i didn't get it So we're drinking Oma Gang's Three Philosophers.
1: With blueberry coffee. With blueberry coffee. A nice little twist. Mm, with a twist. It's actually really good. It's very good. Fucking quadruples, man. Belgian beers in general are just chef's kiss yeah
0: i'm about a little more than halfway through and i was like we need to start recording because <laughs> it's is nine percent nine point seven percent i'm sorry you just gave me the nine you didn't give me the fact that it's <laughs> really a point seven i didn't hear that you part. weren't listening my brain omitted that fact <laughs> for me it's like shh, shh shh don't listen to her
1: but anyway they have a song called uh the philosopher oh. one of the few
0: songs that they actually made a music video for too oh so. Yeah, I feel like this is one of those bands where they've made a lot of music but just haven't gotten a lot of fanfare.
1: Oh yeah, no, not at all cuz death metal never does. Oh. And Headbanger's Ball ne- doesn't exist anymore, so I where think even go? when it did, they didn't talk about death metal, did they? Yeah, they talked about death metal. They oh. were on there all the time. But oh. like it was hosted by Ricky Rackman and he's I just it was hosted a fucking by Matt field. That was 120 minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: I didn't have MTV when I was a kid. No, I didn't even say it. (laughs) All right. I didn't even say it. Anyway. (laughs) Yes.
1: I guess we can get into it, though, right? I
0: will just say this beer is fucking delicious. It's
1: so good. Because
0: you hear blueberry coffee and you think, "Mm, oh, I heard that that and I was like, I'm going to vomit. And I did not. It was delightful. Yeah. I heard that and I was like, oh, get me in on this. Yeah. And the perfect thing is the blueberry is more of a foretaste. And the coffee kind of comes in afterwards, and so like it's that perfect melding. And the Belgian just and finishes with those quadruple spices. Mm. It's delightful. It's perfect. It's it's probably more of a spring or fall beer, but it's it's a nice mild day today. It works. It's it's an all year beer to me. Also, um, I'm gonna be hammered in five minutes, so Yay! let's get started. <laughs> All
1: right. Okay. So first and foremost, I'm going to remember to cite my sources this time. Okie doke. My biggest source was actually a documentary because there are like no books written on death, which I guess makes sense. There is one book that was written by somebody in Iran oh. in like the 90s, I believe. And uh, it obviously it's out of print <laughs> and like it's just not available And I would have had to really track that down and pay like an exorbitant amount of money for it. So I did not do that. You might have gotten your name on a list. Could have. I don't know. Wasn't (laughs) going to chance it. So instead I found a documentary and it was actually a really, really good documentary. It wasn't cheesy or like put together on like a, a... phone app or something. And it didn't have the uh, Behind the Music Guys voiceover? It did not. It was called Death by Metal. It is on Amazon Prime. If you have that, I highly recommend watching it. It was really good. I might. But anyway, let's start this story, shall we? Let's get into it. You've heard of Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and Kiss. You've heard us talk endlessly about the new wave of British heavy metal. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's almost inevitable when talking about a metal band from the 80s or the 90s, in that these bands will be mentioned as influences. Mm-hmm. But there's another band that is mentioned just as often that wasn't part of the British metal scene, but has had a huge influence on modern metal, and that band is Death. Death! do 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 do
0: we just mixed two different <laughs> bands there.
1: <laughs> and arguably that band was pretty much just one guy, Chuck Schuldiner. Oh. Death was his brainchild, his baby, his angsty teenager, and his confident young adult trying to find its way in the world. Oh. So, this story is going to focus on him and the amazing creativity that he just could not contain. Charles Michael Scholdiner was born May 13, 1967, to father Mal and mom Jane. Although he was born in Long Island, New York, his parents gathered him along with his brother Frank and sister Beth and moved the family to Altamonte Springs, Florida. They're Forgive like, Fuck New York. <laughs> Forgive me if I am pronouncing the name of that town wrong. It's Altamont with an E on the end, so I'm assuming it's Altamonte. I was
0: going to say that's Altamonte, right? Right? It's Altamonte. It is now. Hey, we're going to go down to Altamonte, <laughs> get the Cabagool. Visit our friend Giuseppe Stromboli. <laughs> and then we're going to go see his brother Tony Stromboli. All the way from Long
1: Island, New York. <laughs> All right. All, All
0: right. right.
1: <laughs> Jane described Chuck's hot childhood as real leave-it-to-beaver. Oh. His dad worked while his mom took care of the kids, indulging their creative sides and encouraging the shouldener kids to be themselves. Mal, who was the son of Austrian immigrants, was Jewish and Jane was Christian, but they didn't aim to raise their kids in one particular religion. Good. Instead, they celebrated both Jewish and Christian holidays, much to the kids' delight, because they got more presents.
0: Fuck Yeah kids are like wait we get to celebrate all these holidays yeah all right
1: it's like saying yo we're getting divorced but now you get two christmases (laughs) (laughs)
0: look
1: at the silver lining exactly you get two (laughs) sets of rollerblades one for each house oh man two sets of vhs collections one for each house
0: you don't have to like remember it when you go to dad's for the weekend
1: exactly that's not bad the family was always a close one even as Chuck grew into an adult but tragedy struck the family early on when Chuck was only 9 years old his brother Frank was killed in a car accident and Chuck's grief was massive he and his brother were very close so this was like losing his best friend Was his his brother was younger older both of his siblings were older Oh so I think I think Frank was like 16 oh. at the time like 15 or 16 so
0: it was like, was he driving or somebody else? Was I, have, I really have no idea. Ugh. He could have been
1: driving if he was 16. Maybe right? he was.
0: I'm just thinking like, you know, maybe it's just kids just got their license. Yeah. Ugh. And
1: kind of being dumb or... Even you know. just inexperienced.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's really sad.
1: Luckily, the Shulderners became closer as a family and supported each other through a truly awful time. To help their son get through his grief in a productive way, they decided to buy a Chuck a guitar. Yeah, they acquired an acoustic guitar for the 9-year-old and he immediately took to it. He took guitar lessons, but as usual with these metal guys, the repetition and silly nursery rhymes they were forced to play sucked all the joy out of it.
0: I fucking hate twinkle twinkle <laughs> little star. Literally <laughs> that's what even... they were making that him play. is what everyone <laughs> learns that yeah. it's always your first song on every fucking instrument. I'm assuming it's no. because it's so easy. Hot cross buns. <laughs> oh, I never actually, like, I don't think I was ever, ever formally taught hot cross buns. We were taught it on the recorder. That's what we had to play. I'm pretty sure I was taught twinkle, twinkle, star <laughs> on the recorder. That was, You were way more advanced than we were. Hot cross buns <laughs> is like three do, notes. Do, do. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> Which is also just Three Blind Mice. Yeah, pretty much. It's the same song. Mm -hmm. My God. So yeah, he ended up quitting lessons
1: and teaching himself to play. Good for him. Everything changed once he picked up an electric guitar. At the same time, he was discovering the new wave of British heavy metal. Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, and Black Sabbath were on his short list of favorites, and soon enough, he was mastering their songs. Hell yeah. And Chuck started his first band in 1983 when he was 15 or 16 years old. Along with friends Rick Roz on guitar and Cam Lee on drums and vocals, he formed the band Mantis. That's M A N T A S.
0: Mantas. 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 <laughs> did he? Did he mean to spell it wrong? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Because that's super rock, man. <laughs> Can you imagine he just gets on stage? And here we have the next band, Mantas. Mantas, man. <laughs> Come on. Told you it's mantis. Say it, running. and the guy's just giving him the finger as he walks on the stage. Whatever. I don't get paid enough for this. Fuck you, you dumb kid. Mantas. <laughs> Show you a mantas. You might don't don't do it, man.
1: Oh no. They were dedicated as fuck, spending nearly seven days a week in Chuck's mom's garage practicing. That's that for like teenage boys. That's super dedicated. That's a lot. Luckily, Chuck's
0: parents were super encouraging of the band. I'm sorry. He has really good parents. Like, I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. No. His parents were amazing. His family was amazing. He had a rad fam. He
1: did. That's amazing. And also- We never got that story. He was, like, not into hard drugs at all. Like, it was alcohol and pot, and that was it. Yeah. So, like, he didn't even have- We're still, you know, however many days without heroin, so. Wow. They found ways to soundproof the garage so they didn't annoy the neighbors. Oh! And Jane made them snacks and let them all stay for dinner.
0: Oh, Hi, sweetie. Are you playing that shout she at the devil song again? Loved it. Oh, I'm so happy. Here you go. Here's some here's I made some you grilled cheese, cheese. Oh, I made you a bunch of grilled cheeses. <laughs> and here's some little El Fudge cookies. You're so cute. I just I got you made a soup on the stove. If you need it, you keep me young. <laughs> You kids keep me young. (laughs) Oh, such a good mom. Yeah,
1: she loved being a cool mom and just loved seeing her son not only have friends his own age, but also have a creative outlet that he was passionate about.
0: Mm.
1: Mantis played in the Florida area for a few years, writing songs in the newer style of metal that hadn't really hit Florida or the U.S. at all yet. Mm. Around the same time, a small handful of bands scattered around the U.S. and the world, really, started going in a different direction than the standard British heavy metal or thrash metal that was already gaining traction in the early 80s. Oh, is this hair metal? No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking fast, intricate guitar riffs, low, growly, and gravelly vocals, and very intricate drum patterns, almost always with a double bass. Oh, okay. the beginnings of death metal. Yes, yes. <laughs> Definitely not hair metal. Oh,
0: okay. I, I went mean, the Chuck, wrong way.
1: Chuck had really fucking nice hair, but not like poison hair.
0: Well, he wasn't going to put all that product and ruin his good hair. You, you can't. His hair was too curly. His hair was just too nice. He didn't need a perm.
1: Not at all. <laughs> he had a natural perm. Mm-hmm. And he was lucky enough to have a local music store that carried underground metal magazines so he was tuned into that genre pretty early he also took advantage of what is basically a snail mail demo trade there was a network of people with huge libraries of demos from underground metal bands and they would swap them through the mail so he was tapped into what was going on in the metal scene around the world and it surely influenced him to go in the direction of death metal. That's awesome. Yeah. Like Man. I didn't even know that this <laughs> existed. And apparently um later on he started kind of his own like trading thing through the mail. Like it's really smart. Yeah, he had like his an office in his house where he had like stacks and stacks of just mail from people sending their demo tapes to him and he would like catalog them and then Send them to other people just to, like, get them to other people's stereos. And so it was really good. Burzum.
0: I don't know about this one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, nah. <laughs> Seems a little white supremacy. Makes me feel uncomfortable, but I don't know why. And Chuck knew at this
1: point that music was his calling. He did well in school, but he was so laser focused on music that he dropped out shortly before graduation.
0: Why? Because they always do. Just fucking graduate. Yeah. I'm not saying like it matters, but at the same time, like you just, you already went through so much. Just finish that last month. Maybe they just didn't
1: want to take the final exams. It was just like too much.
0: Yeah. Finals do blow. They do.
1: But this was on the condition that if he didn't have a record contract within a year, he had to go back to school and get his degree. Okay, I think it took him longer than a year, but I don't think his
0: parents were too concerned. Because his parents were just that nice. They were. We are really proud of Little Poopy. We can't. We can't (laughs) crush his dreams. Well, that lit the fire under his ass
1: anyway. He dissolved Mantis and immediately started a new band that he named Death. Oh. The name was inspired by his brother, Frank, because he wanted to make Frank's death into something positive. Wow. This story is amazing. You
0: never hear this shit. Like, I... It's so nice! Right? Well, it's, it's like, it's one of those things that, like, you'd hear and they're like, ooh, but then you're like, oh. Right. Huh. Right. All right. And it kind of
1: loops back to the punk band death, because they named themselves death to make their father's death into something positive
0: oh so they're doing it for the same reasons oh see death can be nice yeah or pretty or beautiful i don't know beautiful yeah sure beautiful is the
1: word i'm looking for not nice <laughs> so he recorded a few demo tapes that made the rounds in the tape trading world and were wildly popular i could see that In January 1986, Chuck moved to Toronto, Canada to join a thrash band called Slaughter. Okay. That lasted about a millisecond before
0: he returned home. (laughs) Literally two weeks. He was in the band
1: for two weeks and he went home.
0: (laughs) It's real cold up in Canada and everybody keeps saying a boot and I don't know what their boot is. They keep telling me they're sorry and I don't know why they're sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But this was only for him to move again. This time to the San Francisco Bay area. Less cold. A little less cold. Here he met Chris Reifert, who already knew Chuck from his demo tapes. Chris was only 17, but already a great metal drummer. Together, just the two of them, they made a demo titled Mutilation. (laughs) This demo is highly regarded as one of the best metal demos out there and also one of the most polished.
0: Oh, all right. I guess he knew what he was doing. Yeah.
1: A lot of the songs... From Mutilation, they just made it, made them, a lot of the songs on Mutilation, they just turned around and put them on their first album. That's awesome. They were like, we don't even have to do the work. We can just fucking do this. And this demo directly led to Death getting a contract with Combat Records. And soon enough, they were recording their debut album. The fuck? Yeah. Just Like, like that. It's only
0: the two guys. It's only the two of them. And I assume Chuck's playing guitar. And bass, and bass, and the other guy's playing drums. Yep, and Chuck's singing. Yep, and they already got a record deal. Already a record deal. This is such a contrast from last week, <laughs> I where know. like Twisted Sister had a bajillion members in and out, and they couldn't get a record deal for ten years. Yep. Okay. Well, it's cra- you know what? Isn't it crazy. It's, that's so fucking weird. All right. It's a good weird, but I'm like,
1: how the fuck? All right. But also there's a big difference in what kind of record companies they were pandering to. Mm. Because Swisted Sister was like, we want a major label. Right. And that's who they were trying to get. And major labels were like, oh, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. And Death is just like, we don't give a fuck. Just somebody put our record out. Yeah. And they were generally pandering to metal leaning Record companies who were right. arguably very small and didn't have a whole lot of means to do
0: anything. Yeah. So they were willing to take on anybody and see what would happen. Exactly. All right. They were
1: like, we don't have any money, so do it yourself. <laughs> but we're going to say, hey, good job. But we'll put our name on it. <laughs> sure. Combat entrusted Chuck and Chris to find their own studio to record it, <laughs> which was a bad idea. <laughs> They went back to Florida and just opened the Yellow Pages. Remember those?
0: Remember the Yellow Pages? The Yellow Pages.
1: <laughs> yes, I totally remember that. And they just pointed to a studio and went, okay, we'll record there. They should have known that the studio owned by a guy named Otto Mann with the job description of sound engineer slash bus driver wasn't going to be the best one. Oh, No. He has multiple hats, <laughs> like but
0: very contrasting hats. Yeah, sound if engineer said, like, and bus driver. Even if it was like sound engineer and like lighting guy, I would. Yeah, at least a little sir? Key grip is that a thing? That I is don't a know. thing. But I, I mean, don't think it's music. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I think that's movies. I don't know. The point is, if it was in the same family, I'd give it to them. Right, but, but it has nothing to do with each other. I will drive your bus. And I will help you produce your record. <laughs> you're welcome. Full package, baby. Discount on the bus rides. Mm.
1: So this guy was like, I don't know what kind of noise you're making, but whatever. I'll record you. Well, that's nice. And Chris said the that the first thing he noticed was real off was the way Otto tuned the drum kit. So normally you put, you can put pieces of tape on your drums Mm -hmm. and you can tune them that way. Yeah. But Otto slapped a maxi pad on it instead of
0: tape. (laughs) And he's like, now I have to look at this maxi pad playing (laughs) playing drums. But I feel like, I don't know, maybe a maxi pad would be really good sound absorption wise. Maybe it absorbs your period. So why would absorb absorb your sound? (laughs) You're welcome. He's on to something. You know what? I think he's just a- ahead of his time. He was a pioneer. They just don't know it. Yeah. I mean, whatever. They're just maxi pads. It's not like they're used. Uh, hopefully. He did not
1: clarify that, though. <laughs> but They recorded about seven songs with this auto guy. But as soon as Combat heard the songs, they gave it the chop. They were like, let's just pretend this stuff never happened. Oh, no. And we'll bring you guys to a real studio in L.A. Oh, Okay.
0: Oh no. Uh, Yeah. So Otto, what did you do? He he done fucked up is what he did. And then they just Chuck and Chris walk into the studio and start putting maxi pads everywhere.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the producer's
0: like, what the fuck are you 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 doing? This is this is how you record, right? Right? Is this how we do it? Maybe?
1: No. No. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the first session was completely scrapped, and they re-recorded everything back in California with metal producer Randy Burns. Oh, okay. Yeah. Totally No auto? No auto. They just pretended like that never happened. (laughs) Death's debut album, Scream Bloody Gore, was released on May 25th, 1987. This album is widely considered to be the first death metal album. Oh, shit. There are some that argue that the album Seven Churches by the band Possessed holds that title. Okay. But Possessed were coming from a thrash background, Mm. whereas Death came out of the womb death metal. Interesting. And I think that's a pretty good argument in Death's favor.
0: Yeah. Because, yeah, yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, I'm like, I'm processing this in my brain right now.
1: Like, they weren't coming from any other outside sources. They were just going straight into a very specific subgenre of metal. Right. That nobody was
0: re- recording at that point. So, yeah. I mean, Possessed was the other band. Yeah. They, I'm not going to deny them death metal, but they right. were evolving to death metal. Whereas, like,. Chuck death was, just was like, born of it <laughs> yeah pretty much i am born of this do not fear <laughs> i mean it's in the name it's in the name also it's in the name it's in the fucking name it's them they got it
1: yeah i'm giving it to death scream bloody gore has all the key elements here t- turning itself into a template for the genre mm. it wasn't just fast riffs and drum patterns chuck's intensity and passion for the songs he wrote is palpable in album. Oh, yeah. And that runs through his entire discography. Oh, yeah. Even if something he wrote was shit, you can hear the conviction in that boy's growl. Oh, yeah. Of course, being an underground metal album, this wasn't topping any charts. Although, what? Although when Scream Bloody Gore was re-released in 2016, it did
0: crack the Billboard 200. That is still surprising to me. 174, baby. That is even, like, if you said 198, I'd have been like, Good for you. Good showing. Good
1: form. Good form. Good form. Combat sent the boys one promotional vinyl record that they got to keep. Just one. Good for them. Which got warped in the mail. Oh. It was playable, but it wasn't great. And Chris Reifert's brilliant idea was to leave the record in the hot sun to make it malleable so he could smooth it out. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. Chris, no, that's not how that works, baby boy. <laughs> he just made it 10 times worse and completely unplayable. So they didn't even have their own copy of their own album.
0: <laughs> they had to go out and buy it. <laughs> can, I, uh, can I get that record? It's, it's, it's mine. It's me. That's, that's me on the record. That's my record. Thank you. Do I
1: get a discount?
0: Oh, can I have a discount, oh. please?
1: After the album came out, Death lined up some shows to play with her friends in the band Sadus. Chuck went back to Florida to visit his folks, but after a couple months went by, everyone started to wonder what the fuck was going on.
0: Yeah. Wait, he was just,
1: he was in, just in Florida? He was just in Florida. Yeah. He's getting a tan. Eventually, he called Chris to give him the bad news. He wasn't coming back to California. And when Chris wasn't willing to move to Florida, Chuck went about finding new dudes to fill out the band back in Florida. Oh, but Chris. Don't worry. Chris, he formed another band called Autopsy, and they have certainly a following, and they were were wonderful. He did fine. Death, Autopsy.
0: I'm sensing a theme here. Yeah. Scream bloody gore. Sadist. Possessed. Yeah. They (laughs) have a
1: thing. Yeah, they have their thing
0: going on. <laughs> they're such nice boys, though. They are. But, like, they are. Do you want to come over some, for some grilled cheese and EL fudge <laughs> cookies? Because I got them. I got them for all your friends. Yeah. Tomato soup on the oven.
1: <laughs> I got some Girl Scout cookies that time of year. <laughs> Y'all can have them. I got
0: the Samoas. I know they're, they're I your favorite. I love the Samoas yeah. and Tagalongs.
1: They're all fucking good. Anyway, <laughs> he reconnected with his old bandmate Rick Ross from their Mantis days, and along with Rick came bassist Terry Butler and drummer Bill Andrews. Oh, he's expanding. Expanding. Ooh. The first gig with this lineup was a metal festival in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A guy named Eric Greif caught their show and was super impressed and offered to be the band's manager.
0: Not again? How... They're just stumbling into it. Yeah. Wait. So are they still on combat though? Yes. Oh. Well, shit. Damn, yeah. Chuck. They end
1: up like kind of hopping from a uh, record company to
0: record company throughout their career, but you know, who I feel doesn't? like that's also kind of par for the course for a more underground band. Yeah,
1: and especially because. Most of the time, it's the record company being bought out by a bigger record company being mm-hmm. bought out by a bigger record or company. Or going bankrupt. Or going bankrupt. Yes, that too. It's really a 50-50. Well, Chuck and Eric would have a real bumpy business relationship, but at the end of the day, this guy was a really great manager for them. He did a lot of really great shit for them and dealt with a lot of bullshit from them. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah? Yeah. We'll get to all of that soon. Very exciting. In April of 1988, the guys went back into the studio to work on the follow-up to Scream Bloody Gore. Everyone in the group had been in a recording studio before except for Terry Butler. He had a wicked case of studio frights and just couldn't play. Huh, for some reason. But he can play live. Yeah. Interesting. I think it's maybe it was just like the idea of being recorded and the pressure of having mm. to do it perfectly and then hear himself. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I totally understand. That's fair. But his anxiety over playing in a studio was so bad that he asked Chuck to do the bass parts for him.
0: And Chuck's like, I mean, yeah, you know I can. Yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs> the tone on this album had shifted a little bit, and a lot of that had to do with Chuck writing slightly more melodic stuff. Mm. They also hired producer Scott Burns, and thankfully Bus Driver was not on his resume. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, Scott Burns was one of the most prolific metal producers of the time. Oh, overall, you started hearing hooks on these really heavy and technically difficult songs. Yeah, so Leprosy was released on August twelfth,
0: nineteen eighty eight, which is just a hilarious. Name I, for I'm not album. gonna lie, when I saw Leprosy, I'm like, I like that they just named an album Leprosy. They're like, I don't know, um, Leprosy, and they're like, sounds cool. Are we really calling this Leprosy? Yes, we're really calling it Leprosy. And they're all like, right. all right, metal. Cool. How metal is leprosy? <laughs> pretty fucking metal.
1: Turns out, pretty fucking metal. An extensive tour was planned to promote the album. Combat Records offered them a spot opening for Dark Angel, another highly regarded thrash metal band from the same area that Slayer came from.
0: I was like, I feel like I've heard of Dark Angel. Yeah. I'm I've sure you have. Heard of Dark- yeah. Look at me.
1: I know things. <laughs> It also featured drummer Gene Hoglan, who you think you probably don't know because <laughs> I don't know her. But you do know him <laughs> because he's been featured on various Devin Townsend albums. <gasps> he was the drummer for Strapping Young Lad. Oh. And he also played drums on all of the Death Clock albums and Galacticon. <gasps> you know who Gene Hoglan is. Oh,
0: I do know Gene Hoglan. I love Death Clock. Death Clock is great. It is great. legitimately good music. Yeah. He has, fight me.
1: He has a really good relationship with both Devin Townsend and Brandon Small. So yeah, right off the bat, things on this tour went downhill. Oh no. Either the record label or managers or someone told Chuck that Dark Angel and Death would have equal build- billing. Okay. Which was true. They did. Oh. He thought that meant co-headlining, okay. but there is a big difference there. Okay. If you are, if you have equal billing, it means you're getting paid the same
0: amount. Okay. Do you play? And you play the same amount too, right? Not
1: necessarily.
0: Oh. It's all just in
1: payment? Yeah. It's all just payment. I actually did not know that. Co-headlining means you play the same amount and you switch um, who plays last oh, every, each night. Oh, Okay. That that was not what they were doing. But Chuck was under the impression that that's what they were doing. But really, death was just opening for, for Dark Angel.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah. Death was very much the opening act, and he didn't like that. Oh. It did not go over well, and it came to a head in the middle of the tour. There was a dispute over drum risers because apparently drum risers are like a hot topic
0: amongst metal musicians. They really are. I like, have heard many a fight seriously. on documentaries and in books about don't fuck with my riser, bitch. Yeah, it's like,
1: because I guess the higher the riser, the closer to God, and like you can't
0: <laughs> do that. You're but like, don't you want the lower the riser to closer to Satan?
1: You would think. Put him under the stage. Nobody wants to see the drummer anyway. (laughs) No, you really do want to see the drummer. (laughs) Gene Hoglin is great. You do want to see him. Those muscles.
0: He he doesn't really have muscles. Oh. You you have to have some strength to be a drummer. yeah.
1: He's like a big... He's he's a soft man.
0: Mm, But I love me a soft man. Yeah. The stamina you got to have as a drummer. (laughs) I'm just starting... Like a bassist (laughs) has magic fingers, but a drummer got stamina. I mean I'm you're just not throwing wrong. It out there. I'm not.
1: You are not wrong. I'm not. Anyway. Yes. After threatening to leave the tour for the hundredth time, <laughs> Chuck took his band and actually left oh, the no. tour. No. They still had a European tour lined up, which everyone was excited for, but once again, Chuck had enough
0: and they left that tour halfway through. So can I make an assumption that Chuck might have a slight of a diva complex? Yeah. Oh, Chucky. Because I may have definitely written that in my notes
1: later. Oh, <laughs> yeah. don't mean to steal your thunder. A little bit. A little Ooh.
0: bit. Oh, okay. So Spoilers. Na- <laughs> a little bit.
1: So 1989 rolls around and Chuck has been writing songs for their upcoming album. This is when he starts to realize that in order to create the music that he's envi- envisioning, he can't have the same band lineup on every album. Oh, Instead, he created a revolving door policy, recruiting specific musicians for each album as the music
0: evolved. Okay, I mean, it is his band, so he can do that. He can do whatever he wants.
1: And he kind of treated everyone as session drummers that would also go out on tour with him if they could. Mm. But it also it does make sense because most of the, the musicians that he worked with had a bunch of other commitments too. So all of these guys were also had
0: like one, two, three different bands that they were playing with at the same time. So he's picking up people that don't even care if they don't have a full commitment. Right. They're like, it's cool. I got like three other bands. Yeah. I'm happy to join you in whatever you need me in, and then I'm going to deuce. Right. Ooh, and they were, like that non-monogamous band life. Yeah. This, is, this is polyamory at its best. This is polyamory <laughs> at its best.
1: Some some people were kind of miffed at the way things would end with them and Chuck, because Chuck didn't end things very well
0: very mm. often.
1: But like, <laughs> it's such a small community that you can't really hold grudges for very long, especially if you kind of need a job, you yeah. know, and you kind of want to get paid. It sounds so. like
0: Chuck is the type who might bring you back on if he needs you for a thing. Exactly. Or even if he's if he's short of drummer, And he's like, can you come play on this tour for like three weeks? Right. Yeah.
1: That's fair. Yeah. And with that, he kicked out Rick Ross. Oh, bye, Rick. <laughs> he was replaced. with Also, Rick was like. No, I totally understand. Oh, good. Everything's fine. He's like, I have issues. I understand. I need to leave. (laughs) Wait, he had issues? Yeah, he just had like some fucking personal issues that he was not dealing with very well. And he was like,
0: I know. I need to leave. It's really weird. It feels like death metal or just metal people in general are very self-aware. Like... I know I'm fucked up. Yeah. I'm going to go either work on it or not work on it, but I understand why I'm leaving.
1: Because you don't run into such egomaniacs all that often. Like, there's a few of them. There's a few. But for the most part, like, more underground metal, you're not really going to deal with... You're going to deal with difficult people, but you're not going to deal with, like, people with gigantic heads. They're like, I'm just happy to be
0: here. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. There's no room for a big head when you're stuck underground. Which is really funny, too, because I feel like, especially with things like thrash and death metal, it's very specific. Mm -hmm. It's not just being able to play drums. It's being able to play drums in a specific way. It's not just playing guitar. Like, you need to be fucking good at playing guitar. Yeah, and...
1: I you put- can one
0: is not one does not simply be in Weezer
1: and <laughs> in
0: Slayer, right? You, you can't, can't do, do both. That. You can't. This is not how it works.
1: There is literally no bridge that goes from one band to the other. No, none.
0: <laughs> there are several connecting flights for yes. this.
1: Yes. <laughs> So, Rick Ross was replaced with James Murphy, well-known for his melodic guitar work, which was exactly the direction Chuck was going in. Nice, nice. James stayed on for the recording of Death's next album, Spiritual Healing, which was released on February 16th, 1990. Not only was Spiritual Healing sonically different with its growing number of melodic riffs, but it was lyrically different, too. As you might have guessed, Chuck liked to write about gross shit. (laughs) So far, he liked to write songs like "Regurgitated Guts" yep. and "Zombie Ritual" and "Baptized in Blood." That's not that gross. Regurgitated guts always reminds me of that song we used to sing when we were kids: "Great big globs of regurgitated guts, <laughs> little
0: birdies, dirty feet." <laughs> I mean, I know what you're singing, but you don't, I don't know remember the regurgitated guts part. No, just, it's not. I oh, I worked. Okay. The, it was like
1: great big globs of grease, grimy go for guts. Regurg- regurgitated,
0: <laughs> regurgitated like, snakes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he moved away from the blood and guts towards more social commentary, religion, abortion, televangelism,
0: political topics, which are arguably even scarier. This is the album that has the cover with like the person in the chair, the, and, evangelist. Like, the evangelist priest, yep. like slapping him or yelling at him or something. I think he has his hand on his head, is trying to heal him. I like power of Christ. Sheep shop sheep shop. Yeah. That's exactly. how it goes, right? Yeah. Power
1: that, of Christ, blah, blah, blah. That's what it says in the Bible. Yeah. Shoop shop, sheep shop. Yeah. chirp <laughs> <Jer-ba-jer-ba-jer-ba>. chirp. <laughs> they did a short tour for spirit after spiritual healing was released, and in the middle of that tour, Chuck fired James Murphy. What? Without a way to get home, James actually stayed on the tour, just slept in a different band's van. Can you imagine? They didn't even Dave Mustaine him. No. <laughs> wow. They Come didn't on, even talk. give him a bus ticket home. He was just like, no, I'm going to stay here. I can't get home.
0: <laughs> they would just go every. Oh, my God. I don't even know how to react to that. I, I don't know. I, I don't even know why he got fired. It's just hilarious, kind of. I mean, he's
1: still alive, so he made it. He made it back. Good for you. <laughs> After a short break, Death was slated to go back out on the road for a European tour opening for Creator, which I believe is a German band. Okay. We all know what happened the last time they toured Europe, and no one wanted that to happen again, and it didn't. Oh, good. In fact, right before they were ready to leave, Chuck decided not to go on tour at all. (laughs) Personally, he was having a rough time. Not only was he exhausted, but he had no idea how to handle making music and touring, with a personal life, and he just couldn't manage it all, so he just sabotaged himself like over and over again.
0: <laughs> so at this point, they still haven't been to Europe. He has not been to Europe. He has no. not been to Europe. <laughs> oh he's they're, like, they're like, all right, Europe time. And he's like, no. But okay, okay,
1: okay. No. 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 I'm not
0: going to do it.
1: And the rest of the band was like, we have to go. Like, we have contractual obligations. Mm -hmm. So to fulfill them, the rest of the band went on tour without Chuck. As death? Yes. Can they do that? Yes. All right. Yeah. He even got his mom to sign a legal document saying he did not have to go on tour and he couldn't be penalized by the record label for it.
0: He had his mother write him a note to get him at a fucking gym class. Yes. (laughs) But it was legal. It's legal. Yeah. (laughs) The face you're making right now. I can't. What kind of fucking. I'm sorry. What what were we saying about big heads and metal? (laughs) I'm sorry. Can we rewind this conversation? I don't don't think that he had a big head. I don't think that's why he he couldn't go. I
1: think he probably had a lot of anxiety that he did not deal with. Uh, And I think a lot of it stems from his brother's death. Wow. And I think. This was a constant like like self-sabotaging cycle that he went through all the time. Honey,
0: you need some therapy. Yeah. Capital T therapy. Yeah, he was he wasn't going to do that. He's a man. Also was the 90s. Men in the 90s did not do therapy. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was. The Instead, deal. I'm going to have my mommy make the permission. <laughs> slip says, I don't got to go. Uh, I got out of gym today. Mm. <laughs> I got it. My mom made me a note. I don't have to play gym. I don't have to play kickball today, guys. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I don't Christ. have to go to Europe and play kickball. Oh.
1: <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so, yeah, at first he was furious that they went on tour without him. But after a while, he started to feel bad. He even tried to go back on the tour and everyone was like, nah, bro, you made your bed and now you have to lie in it. Wait, who was singing then? They got somebody else to fill in for him. Oh, my I God. cannot remember who it was. That's... I should have written that down.
0: But I mean, just I didn't know if it was somebody in the band or they brought someone in. But like, either way. Yeah. That's. Wow. <sighs> Guys, I kind of want to come play kickball now. Yeah, well, I
1: realized what I did was wrong and now I want to come back. No, you're not allowed. This is when you learn. Contractually,
0: you are not allowed. This is when you learn your actions have consequences, my friend. (sighs) Wow, I (laughs) can't. This is the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) This is more ridiculous than heroin. (laughs) I mean, I think heroin might be a little bit more destructive. it's more destructive, but it's not as ridiculous. Having your mother's sign of permission slip saying you don't have to tour is ridiculous. But also,
1: you also have to remember, he was like 20, 21, 22. He was a baby. He had no... he never been away from home, really. Like, didn't go to college and, like, find himself or anything like that. No, instead, like,
0: he went all over the country and toured and, like, made a fucking album and keeps making a band, like... Nah, I'm not going to give it to him. I'm not (laughs) going to give him that pass. Like, you got to put on your big boy pants. Yeah. Well, when the rest of the
1: band got back from tour, Chuck fired them all. Oh, my (laughs) God. I was like, "You all right, this is where she says, like, he's like, I'm sorry. Let's do this right. Oh, no, he did not apologize. That allowed him the opportunity to rebuild his band from the ground up. Again. Again. By now, Chuck got himself a reputation for being kind of a diva. He was difficult to work with. Oh, you don't say. But he had a very specific vision for where death was heading, and it hadn't even reached peak death yet. Jesus. But everybody also knew that he was a really great musician. Right. And he was, as diva-ish as he was, he was still a really nice guy. Okay. All right. that's That's good to know. Like, he pulls bullshit with the touring, I think because, again... Probably had mental health issues and horrible anxiety, and yeah. didn't understand how to balance touring with personal life. Mm-hmm. So he just like lost it. Yeah, like right before he was supposed to go, and then fucks everything up. Right. So it's yeah, but at least he's a nice guy. At least he's a nice guy. All right. He contacted his old friend Steve DiGiorgio, who was in the band Sadus, recruiting him for guitar duties. He also got drummer Sean Reinert and guitarist Paul Masvidal, both founders of the band Cynic, on board. Let's take a hot second and talk about Sean Reiner and Paul Masvidal. Oh, okay. These guys are fucking amazing. Oh, okay. Like, people. Just people in general. Both are masters at their instruments. Okay. Uh, Sean is the... He was the uh, drummer on Human. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And his drumming is absolutely fucking mind-blowing. Pretty I can't false. even begin to tell you. But Paul Masvidal is considered one of the greatest metal guitarists of all time. Oh. But also, Paul's a fucking genius. Okay. Like, out in music and outside of music.
0: He's one of those people you're like, I'm not talking to him because just being in his presence makes me feel that much dumber. Yeah, like, okay. I just feel like a fucking Neanderthal. <laughs> He invented the
1: VitaTAC Easy Board that helps vocally impaired medical patients communicate. What? So it is these couple of like big boards that have like words and numbers and like um, pictures of bodies, Mm -hmm. like figures just, you know. And people who are, like, intubated and can't speak mm-hmm. can just point to numbers and letters and pain scales and body parts to communicate with doctors and nurses what hurts, where on your body it hurts, how bad it hurts, the kind of pain you're experiencing, and things like that. Wow. So, like, it is used all over the United States in almost every hospital that there is. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know and it was, what you're talking about. And it is, like... It was so useful during the whole COVID-19 thing. Like, vastly important to doctors during COVID-19. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. How did he... What? How? What? I don't know. He, like, doesn't even have a medical background. I was gonna
0: ask. Is he a scientist? No. He just invented this extremely useful fucking thing i bet he was just like touring he's like hey you know be cool if they had this is that
1: <laughs> and then next time this. they
0: came near a hospital he's like hey use this the next time you got somebody who can't talk and they're like and then the doctor's Who's that head man and then
1: the doctor's head exploded as he walks out into the bright light of the parking lot and the wings like just <laughs> unfurl. show up unfurl <laughs>
0: behind him god this guy on
1: top of that He is also a television composer, and he has done music for The Price is Right, That 70s Show, Third Rock Rock from the Sun, and Queer as Folk, among a ton of other TV shows. If you watch TV, you've heard his music.
0: Wow. Did he make a... (laughs) (laughs) Because that alone makes him a musical fucking genius.
1: (laughs) He has made the soundtrack of all of us fucking up.
0: Thank Aww, you. Thank
1: you. And also, on top of all of this, both of these guys happen to be gay, which you don't hear about a lot at all in the metal scene.
0: Not at all.
1: Especially two guys in the same band. Yeah. That are both gay. Paul was out amongst his bandmates and friends when, like, during this time, mm. like, with Death and with Cynic and stuff. Um, But Sean didn't come out until 2014. Oh shit! And then it was kind of it was kind of a big deal because like who else do you know of in the metal scene that is out and gay besides Rob Halford? Besides Rob Halford, mm-hmm. I know of Gall from oh, yeah, Gorgoroth, Gall. Mm-hmm. and that's about it. I'm sure there are others. There are plenty. So please write them in. There are plenty of others, but I'm talking about like death metal, yeah. black metal, extreme metal.
0: Stuff like that. You really don't see it. It's kind of akin to rap and hip hop, right? Where it's very taboo to yep. be gay in those genres. Mm-hmm. So when someone comes out, you're like, I'm going to celebrate you. Yeah. No matter like how much I like or dislike your music, I'm going to celebrate you because you are honestly very hashtag brave right now to come yeah. out in your very homophobic genre and say, yeah, I'm gay. Who cares? I like yeah. dick. You going to fight me about it? Arguably, are you going to let me be a fucking amazing musician?
1: As far as I know, nobody argued with them about it. Great. Like, um, I mean, there were people that came out in 2014 when both of them officially came out to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, But Paul was out with his death bandmates and his cynic death ma- or cynic mates, bandmates. <sighs> Jesus. But like Chuck was like, nah, it's cool. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Nobody gave a shit.
0: You know what? That's why Chuck's cool, even though he's a diva. He's, he's like a diva, I don't kill what you get. but he's fucking cool. All right. He was pro-abortion. He was like well pro-choice. Yes, pro-choice. <laughs> whatever. Um, you but don't like, want the pro-lifers
1: to come at us. So, um, yeah, he was like he was pretty progressive. Yeah. When normally you hear about like more outspoken like
0: conservative metal people, and unfortunately, death metal does happen to have a lot of. Um, Close-minded humans in it, at least in their in the audience as fans. Yeah, yeah. some of the mu- magician musicians,
1: <laughs>
0: death metal magicians, are also <laughs> anti-gay. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, please continue. Is is there an anti or, or,
1: <laughs> is there a a death metal magician out there? There's gotta be. I would. Maybe I think that maybe the closest would probably be like the amazing Jonathan or something, maybe. All right. Eh. Good. Anyway. For him. But yeah, like these guys are fucking awesome. So for he's just, he's hit the peak. For living their truth mm-hmm. and officially coming out in twenty fourteen. Very sadly, Sean passed away Aww. just last year in twenty
0: twenty.
1: Oh. Of heart failure. So it he was only Officially out for six years before he passed away. It sucks. Very sad, but I'm glad that he got to live out the last years of his life knowing that he could be out and proud. He
0: could be himself.
1: Exactly. Well, it's amazing. And it's amazing that he had Paul there to help him. Like they had a lot of trouble after leaving death, but Mm. Mm. Mm.
0: Mm.
1: anyway. Death's next album, Human, was released in October 1991, and it was a complete stylistic change. Mm-hmm. It was far more progressive and melodic than their previous albums, showing a significant shift in sound and technical skill. Jazz elements worked their way into the songs by way of Sean and Paul, who mm-hmm. had a heavy jazz background. Yeah. They were in jazz band together in high school.
0: Oh, buddies.
1: And that hadn't been heard of in metal on an album metal before. One guy in the documentary said that human changed a lot of people's perception of metal and showed them that it could be expanded. Other mm-hmm. influence could be introduced and it's not watered down. Yeah. It's honestly actually made better.
0: Uh, yeah. There's so many layers to metal and people very much kind of poo-poo it for thinking that it's just of, loud and noise, but it's not. Well,
1: a lot of metal fans, it's... It's honestly a lot of the metal fans who are like, you need to be in this box, mm. in this very specific box, and huh. do very specific things to contain yourself into this subgenre of a subgenre mm. and fuck you for introducing anything else into it. That's true. And that's not fair. <laughs> you yeah. can't because otherwise you would just be making the same album over and over and over again. Right. A lot of metal bands do that. And metal fans think it's great. But mm. it's like It's also great if you can introduce other stuff to it to make it a little bit interesting every time, you know, otherwise you learn to fucking hate it. Yeah, that's true. The band made a music video for the track Lack of Comprehension, and it actually got played on MTV's Headbangers Ball. Oh. After that, they kind of realized the value of MTV and how it could help them reach a bigger audience. So Chuck started making appearances on Headbangers Ball doing interviews. And seeing him standing next to that hack Ricky Rackman was sad. <laughs> so sad. The stupid spiky haired idiot. <laughs> and
0: then. Is he like the little squirrely motherfucker? He's kind of squirrely. He has like the spiky brown yep. hair and he's going, kind of like, hey, I'm Ricky Rackman. Yep. You know what I'm talking about. Ricky Ra- Rackman. There's something squirrely about <laughs> <Yeah>. him. <laughs> He's got, like, a lot of smile wrinkles, but I don't trust yeah. them. Yeah.
1: And, like, I should show you some interviews that he did with Chuck because, like, having Ricky Raktman on one side, the dude from Cannibal Corpse on the other side of Ricky Raktman, and then Chuck on the other side of him. <laughs> and Chuck has... <laughs> I like Chuck a lot, but the way he talks just grates on my nerves. Aww. Like, oh, God. He he talks like he's from Florida, Oh so he kind of like has this like drawn out way of saying his words kind of like Keanu Reeves and Bill and Ted <laughs> <laughs> like Keanu Reeves and Bill and Ted mixed with a surfer Oh. And it's like, oh my God, I can't listen to you talk. Can you just sing? Can you go back to singing? Can, you, can you growl at me, please? please? I I appreciate that much more. The video was re- well received and Human was getting tons of good reviews, but the European metal press was still hung up on something else. What? They couldn't talk about anything but Chuck's inability to complete a tour.
0: It would seem
1: that...
0: <laughs> I can't blame them.
1: <laughs> it would seem that he got himself a reputation after ditching all those tours and no Weird. one no one believed he would tour in Europe again. To everyone's surprise, he decided to tour Europe again but Thank insisted you. on buying everyone brand new instruments and brand new equipment for the tour.
0: Uh, okay. I mean whatever
1: makes you happy, I guess. <laughs> he wanted to use those new toys for the first leg of the tour in North America then ship them to Europe for the last leg of the tour. Okay. Normally, it's way too expensive for a small metal band like Death to take all of their own instruments and equipment with them. Okay. So instead, they will rent instruments or use the headlining band's equipment. Oh. Much cheaper than shipping it all over to Europe. Okay. Makes sense. But Chuck insisted, so Eric works the magic and got their British promoter to pay for it. Oh, sneaky. Sneaky. I like it. Inevitably, within two weeks, Chuck became homesick and wanted to go home. Chuck,
0: come on, man. Come chuck, on. Chuck, Chuck. <laughs> I'm going to fucking chuck you to Europe if you don't fucking stop. <laughs> just, all right. Here's some fucking Wellbutrin. Little little shot of Valium in there. I need you to chill. <laughs> just, Just do it. Here's some lavender like <laughs>
1: scents. Need you to get a good night's sleep. All right. Just need you to think about it. Here's a nice six pack. And then tomorrow I will come with a lot of rope.
0: Yeah. And tie you up. Yeah. And throw you to Europe. You're going. I don't <laughs> <You're> give <laughs> going whether you I like, like it fuss. or not. Do you know how much money was just spent on these fucking things? Going to Europe. Yeah. Deal with it. Normally everyone would be rolling their eyes
1: like, oh, big surprise. But it just so happened that the entire band and their crew got just straight up sick. Oh. They were touring with a French band and all of them were traveling in the same bus. Okay. The entire French band and their bus driver were chain smokers Uh and turned the bus into a cigarette butt on wheels, (laughs) making everyone else constantly on the verge of throwing up. Sean Reiner got so sick that he collapsed and had to be taken (gasps) to the hospital Then-manager Eric, who was diabetic and not taking care of himself, had a medical episode and also landed in the hospital.
0: Um, Yeah. uh, Look, why you gotta smoke so much? It's disgusting. Oh my god. Yeah. If you're smoking so much that you are making everyone sick?
1: Maybe you should stop. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe see that the... Everyone in the other band and their manager are fucking dying on your tour bus and be like, oh, maybe it's this death
0: stick that I'm holding. Also, I guess the French aren't as healthy as I thought they were. Do they die early? Because I feel like they should.
1: <laughs> I have no idea. Jeez. With all the, the carbs and the, the fat that they eat. But also the they are like the
0: skinniest little little things I ever seen. <laughs> skinniest little things I ever did that say. That was my little Paula Deen impression. I give them all the butter and they don't gain any weight. (laughs) (laughs) Little sons of bitches,
1: you French pieces of shit. (laughs) Anyway. Yes. With Eric in the hospital and unable to negotiate with venue owners and promoters... Chuck just lost it when they got to Germany. Oh! He fired Eric and then quit the band himself. Oh, Chuck, no. (laughs) Then the British promoter who funded the European leg of the tour lost his shit because the British shows hadn't even happened (gasps) yet. They were at the end of the tour, Chuck. but Chuck just quit. Chuck. So what did he do? He put a lien on all of the instruments and gear he fronted the money for. Understandable. I don't blame him. I do not blame him. But also, should have known. Should have known this was going to be some bullshit, Mr. British promoter.
0: Oh my God, Chuck, what are you doing?
1: It was a huge legal mess and took the fellas weeks to finagle their way home. So like, they didn't even like fly home right away.
0: Wait, so did Chuck quit and was still stuck in Europe? Yeah.
1: Just finish the tour. Just finish the fucking tour. Yeah, I don't, I don't know diva oh my god metal diva (laughs) oh my god this is the metal diva yeah they didn't get their gear back for another nine months and they still had contractual obligations including a new album to make and chuck basically just turned his back and walked away from the guys he was playing with through the making of human and into the tour just was like okay bye the fuck chuck (laughs) the fuck chuck (laughs) That's, I, I don't it. know where else to go yes. with this. Paul and Sean went back to their main band, Cynic, fully expecting a call from Chuck at some point to go back to the studio. But that call never came. Wow! Instead, Chuck stuck to his revolving door policy and gathered up a completely different set of musicians to Makes work sense. on 1993's Individual Thought Patterns.
0: Okay.
1: He called up Gene Hoglan. Dark Angels drummer from the first tour that Chuck bailed on (laughs) and asked him to play drums. Whatever happened back when Death opened for Dark Angels seemed to dissipate immediately and Gene was on board. Yeah. Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, shit can go down, but like a year later, somebody will call up and be like, yo.
0: You want to play drums on my record? You want to play
1: drums on my record?
0: All right. I ain't going to say no. Cool.
1: All right. I just want to play. Exactly. Within a month, Gene was in Florida. Dragging his drum set into Chuck's mom's garage because that's where they still rehearsed. (laughs) Did Chuck have his own house at least? He might have at this point, but he still rehearsed in his mom's garage. He might have. Eventually, he would have, I think, two houses of his own and a couple of dogs. And maybe his own garage to fucking practice in. (laughs) One would hope. He could at least build his own. Maybe he just really liked his mom's garage. I don't know. He loves those
0: EL fudge cookies. His mom. She always
1: has grilled cheese and EL fudge cookies. So, like, yeah, I'd record in my mom's studio too. Now I want to go record in his mom's studio. (laughs) Joining them was Steve DiGiorgio back for round three, (laughs) and none other than Andy LaRock on guitar. Andy already had a name for himself as guitarist for King Diamond. Oh. So mom's garage was maybe
0: a step down for him? I don't know. But it still might have been fun. Yeah,
1: also, I don't know. We have seen Andy the Rock in concert when we went to see King Diamond. Quite good. Quite good. Indeed. Mm, yes. From the start, Andy's part in this was a little shaky. oh Instead of sending him full songs, Chuck only sent him snippets where Andy's solos would go? <laughs>
0: This is where your soul your solo
1: X here. These fifteen seconds is where your solo is. So it was nearly impossible to create disembodied solos with no context behind them. Yep. He was only scheduled to be in the studio for a couple days, so they had to scramble to get his parts written. Oh my god. Luckily he fucking nailed it. Yeah, at least he's talented. He's a professional. <laughs> Mid-recording, they were offered a short European tour where they would headline festivals. And that's when Chuck said, no thank you, please. <laughs> that's when Chuck exploded. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not death. Thank you for listening, everyone. <laughs> well, they went for it, and it was one of the only European tours they successfully completed. Holy shit. I really think it was only because it was short. Yeah. He didn't really have time to get homesick. And like everyone was just like, we're not dealing with your fucking shit. Just fucking do it and get it over it. We're going to two with. fucking weeks. Just go through it, and then we'll go home. They returned to the States and finished recording, and Individual Thought Patterns was released in June 1993. The lyrics were a lot more aggressive this time around, probably influenced by Chuck's frustrations over his inability to finish tours <laughs> and <laughs> bad blood between him and former band members and his inability to get a grasp on his personal life. Chuck! We
0: want the best for you, Chuck. Like, I see what you need. It's therapy. Yes. It's capital T. Therapy. therapy. Yes. All all capital letters. Give me a T. <laughs> Give me an H. <laughs> Can you see where I'm going yeah. with this?
1: <laughs> we will cheer you all the way to therapy. Just fucking do it. The result was yet another highly praised album that once again redefined what death metal could be. Mm. They made another music video for the song The Philosopher. Which was featured on Beavis and Butthead in 1994. Oh, people might not realize this, but Beavis and Butthead featured a lot of non-mainstream metal bands. So if you got your video
0: on an episode, that was almost better than having it featured regularly. It's true. I do remember my brother's friends would tape him a couple episodes of Beavis and Butthead, and we'd have to watch like the same handful over and over again <laughs> so you could write down the names of the bands that they're right. listening to well i do remember like a lot of the videos I'm like i don't know the fuck this is yeah and like i was even it was even at a time where it's like i knew a lot of the mainstream bands i would have known the videos yeah but, yeah they did play a lot of like underground rock and metal yeah they did so. especially
1: like the more extreme it was the better because the easier it is to make fun of it or just be like oh
0: that's fucking cool yeah oh.
1: Beavis and Butthead had a huge audience, so mm-hmm. even if they were making fun of the band, people could still discover you there. Mm. And it's kind of funny because Beavis like imitates Chuck's vocals, <laughs> and you know it's like it's Beavis, so he yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> and he pretends to order tacos from Del Taco drive-through in Chuck's voice, and he's like, "I like your tacos, please, <laughs> and a small order of fries." To go! (laughs)
0: To go! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. I miss Beavis and Butthead. I think they're bringing it back. They are bringing it back, and I'm kind of excited for it. Right? Hesitantly excited. Yeah.
1: Also in 1994, Death signed to Roadrunner, which was their European distributor Roadrunner Records. Oh, yeah, yeah. Home of Nickelback.
0: Oh, that's where I heard that name from.
1: Yeah. Recording for their sixth album, Symbolic, started after that. They were still in Mom's garage and still didn't have a decent setup. Their only upgrade was going from a four track to an eight track. Ooh. And the drums sounded like shit on an eight track. So Gene would spend all night painstakingly recreating what he was playing at practice on a drum machine, so the demos wouldn't sound like garbage. But ha- did he try
0: covering his drum with maxi pads? <laughs> he
1: should have. That's what he should have done. And, you know, stuck it all on the H trap Yep. <laughs> stick them on You're his just forehead. Just stick them everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Cover yourself in pads. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's really going to help the sound. <laughs> this, this helps the sound, it guys. Just, it's such good sound absorption.
1: That's what we need to do. Instead of these My Little Pony blankets, just cover ourselves in Maxi pads. I'm actually just going to
0: cover this whole table in Maxi Yes. So soft. So, soft. so absorbent. Mm, so whenever we drop our beers, it's like, oh, it's fine. The table will get it.
1: Maybe they heard commercials for Maxi Pats where they're like, so absorbent. And they thought, absorbent of sound? Yes. Oh, yes. That's it. And they're like, Yeah. Yep, that's label what we meant. just went off. <laughs> that is exactly what Carefree was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> While writing Symbolic, Chuck explored more melodic riffs reminiscent of power metal as well as progressive acts like Queensryche. Nice. He also added clean vocals to some tracks, mm. which made the music more relatable to a wider audience. Like Maggie's. Exactly. Like Maggie's (laughs) precious virgin, virgin
0: ears. They're not virgins. They're just baby.
1: Yeah. He hated doing clean vocals and did not like to sing normally while playing guitar. So he never did it before now. And he often dismissed his singing voice as well, but it's actually pretty good. It is. Symbolic was released on March 21st, 1995, but Death didn't play very many shows to promote it. Instead, Chuck took this time to work on other projects. He participated in the metal supergroup Voodoo Cult, which also featured Dave Lombardo on one of his many breaks from Slayer. Yes. I knew I heard of that band. Yeah. Chuck also started a side project, Control Denied, which would eventually become his main gig. Oh. This band was quite different than Death. He felt that Death had reached its limit. Huh. Huh. There were a lot of different areas of metal to explore, but he couldn't do that in death. It just mm. wouldn't be right. Interesting. And he didn't really want to like betray the, the fans by doing something totally different and uncharacteristic hmm. of death. So in order to explore more melodic and progressive avenues with a real singer, he would have to end death and start something brand new.
0: That's a really good way to handle that. Extremely good way of handling that. I mean, how many musicians and artists and bands are like, no, nah, now I'm going to go down this route. And everyone's like, this is and fucking And you better terrible. like it. Yeah. Like, Opeth did the same exact thing. They oh. were,
1: like, they were death metal for mm-hmm. a long time. And then all of a sudden they switched to a very progressive metal. Like, hmm. an instant, almost instant um, genre change. Wow. And everybody got so pissed. Oh. <laughs> everyone was like fuck this like this isn't the opeth that i've enjoyed in the last 10 albums what the fuck is this betrayed they felt betrayed so opeth was just like well this is what we're doing now so if you don't like it sorry but at the same they lost a lot of fans but at Mm -hmm. the same time they gained a lot of different fans because there were a lot of progressive metal fans that were like no this is really good and arguably it's really fucking
0: good so shut the fuck up (laughs) I do like the Opeth you have played for me, which is, I assume, the more progressive stuff.
1: Yes. I like progressive Opeth. Death Metal Opeth is really good, too. I like them both. You can do that. What? It's okay. Lies. (laughs) By now, his relationship with Roadrunner was deteriorating to an irreconcilable point. The breaking point was when the band was on tour for Symbolic and they got their hands on a European publication that featured the, quote, latest in death metal from Roadrunner Records. And it had photos of a bunch of death metal bands and also symbolic. And Chuck flipped. He didn't want to be lumped in with these bands anymore. Oh. He didn't want to be death metal and he certainly didn't want to be labeled death metal. As far as Chuck was concerned, Roadrunner may as well have called that ad. Now, that's what I call death metal. Oh, my <laughs> I mean, it probably wasn't that bad. I, I'm sure it wasn't, but I I understand where he was coming from. Yeah. Because the bands that were featured on it were stylistically very different.
0: Oh.
1: Even though they were called death metal. And he was like, no, that's, that's not what I'm doing. That's not mm. the direction I want to go. This is just... Fucking stupid. Right. And I hate this. Fair enough. He kind of went on a tear after that. Oh. He made the last 10 days of the tour miserable for everyone. What? Never. What, Chuck? At one show in Germany, the band had to play a song without him because he got mad about something and fucked off to God knows where. I'm
0: anky. stomps (laughs) off the
1: stage. Sat in a corner and pouted. Mm. Later, he found out that they played his music without him, and he got pissed and lectured them. Like, that was super disrespectful. Don't ever play my music without me ever again. Pero,
0: like, you walked off stage, bro, and there's people. We're going to play for them. We
1: had five fans to play for, sir. (laughs) So instead of forcing everyone to quit, he broke up the band. What? He already had a new creative outlet with Control Denied, so he Mm -hmm. figured it was a good time to squash it. Fair enough. And he recruited Florida musicians Shannon Hamm, Richard Christie, and Scott Klendinen to make the first Control Denied album. Okay. He needed a new record label, though. And in 1998, he signed with Nuclear Blast Records. (laughs) They were really jazzed about a Control Denied album, but then they were like, yeah, we're going to need you to make one more death album, though.
0: Ouch. (laughs)
1: Gonna need you to come in on Saturday. Wait, why? I don't know. I have no idea. Why do record companies do anything that they do? Fair enough. We don't know. He didn't argue, just went back into the studio and recorded one
0: last Death Album. He just made all that flair and said, here's all my flair motherfuckers. And they're and then like, walked we're going to need some more flare." It's like, I already have, I have the standard amount of flare <laughs> the 20 pieces that yeah. you ask us to have. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> now you ask me for more. The Sound of Perseverance was released on August 31st, 1998. That's a very apt title for right? an album. Here we are persevering <laughs> five control denied songs ended up on the sound of perseverance and these included clean vocals so even at the end of death he was still experimenting and in introducing elements that normally didn't
0: belong in death metal but that's fair. fair because he's like you know what fine you want one more album i'm just gonna do whatever the fuck i feel like because yeah. i did not expect to be doing this right the band went on the road again playing the dynamo
1: festival co-headlining with pantera and subsequently went on a world tour Chuck actually completed it, going my out, God. Going out with one last successful tour under his belt. All
0: right, he's doing it. that's my boy. Did it.
1: He overcame his diva complex. He managed. After getting home from tour, people started noticing something was up with Chuck. Oh, he seemed overly stressed and uncharacteristically weak. Oh He was a fit guy, never had any physical problems, so when he started having neck problems, everyone got kind of concerned. Yeah, He went to a chiropractor. That didn't help. Mm-hmm. Then he saw an acupuncturist, and according to some friends, the acupuncturist stuck one needle in his neck, threw up his hands, and told him to go to get an MRI. <gasps> so he did, and it wasn't good news. On May thirteenth, nineteen 1999, on his own birthday, Chuck was diagnosed with brain cancer. <gasps> yeah. The doctor said it was... Likely a tumor he'd had since childhood that just now decided to show symptoms.
0: OK. I didn't even know that was a thing that could happen. Apparently it is. Holy shit. He
1: needed to be operated on immediately, but he didn't have insurance and he didn't have the money for surgery. So he waited. Uh, uh, I. Uh, He's a musician I, uh, that was not making a ton of money. Doesn't have insurance, doesn't have a fuck ton of money just in the bank, so I, yeah, I guess. he can't afford to get surgery right now. Fucking brain surgery is expensive. Yeah, I know. He kept working on his music. He was still so passionate about making the Control Denied album, and now there was an added urgency. He reached out to previous band members and once again recruited Steve DiGiorgio, who was given a crash course in the songs while Chuck was getting radiation and surgery in New York. Jeez. They then found power metal singer Tim Imar to front the band. Finding a good singer was pretty important because that was always the sticking point with Death. Of course, Chuck always wanted those clean vocals that he didn't think he had the talent for, but Tim was the perfect choice. Oh, the band kept writing while Chuck was in New York. This was probably the first time Chuck didn't have full control over the songwriting, which is interesting that the band's name was control denied.
0: Oh, oh my God.
1: <laughs> But the guys would check in with him constantly, playing songs they'd written over the phone, and he was surprisingly really pleased with the product. Good. The Fragile Art of Existence was released on November 30th, 1999. A lot of the songs dealt with his diagnosis and the very real possibility that he was going to die. Mm. After returning from surgery, it seemed Chuck was getting better. He was ready to get back into the studio, even though The Fragile Art of Existence had just been released. They were halfway finished with the album already, and even though he was weak, he could still record. But he wasn't getting any better. In fact, he was declining rapidly.
0: Holy shit.
1: His family tried everything they could to help, even getting him on experimental treatment programs, but his condition was not improving. By November 2001, his condition worsened to a point where he had to be hospitalized. He had contracted pneumonia in his weakened state and couldn't fight it off. Mm. His family knew it was the end, so they brought him back home. And within an hour, he passed away.
0: Oh, my god!
1: He died on December 13th, 2001, at the age of 34. 34? 34. Oh,
0: my. Holy. Jeez. That shit
1: happened within two years. That's like, crazy. He was diagnosed, and within two years, he was gone.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And, like, the super tragic thing is that he was such an immense talent. Yeah. I don't give a shit if he was a diva and, like, couldn't just finish a fucking tour. <laughs> it was, like... Oh, that match- doesn't discount his no. talent or the things that he was that still he was a fucking diva and a pain in the ass. But, like, he was... His talent was
0: immeasurable. Yeah. And his music was still amazing. And his... Clearly, his influence is yeah. undeniable. He
1: absolutely defined a genre of music and bro was taken out by fucking brain cancer when he was
0: 34 that's fucking crazy such unfair bullshit it's almost like we should have a way to make sure that people can't just die out of nowhere some kind of like
1: universal support system for people that can't that don't have the monetary means to do it themselves. Weird. You know,
0: I, I don't think that's possible. I don't no. think anybody else has ever done that in this whole entire world, no. though.
1: No. I mean,
0: no. you would think everyone would be on board
1: for that, but... Um, I guess not. I guess
0: not. I guess not. Hmm. No. Hmm. Weird.
1: This was, of course, absolutely devastating to his family. Jane had now lost both of her sons and Beth had lost both of her brothers. If it weren't for the fact that the Shouldeners were such a tight knit family, they surely would have fallen apart. Uh. After Chuck's death, the remaining members of Control Denied said they wanted to complete the unfinished album and release Mm -hmm. it in Chuck's memory. But legal battles between the Schuldeners and Chuck's label Hammerheart Records, which is who he was on after he left Roadrunner. Right, right. Prevented that from happening. What? As far as I can tell, the second Control Denied album, which is called When Man and Machine Collide, is finished but has yet to be released. It's been 20 years. Hammerheart? Let it out. (laughs) Hammerheart was bullshit because, like, they released, like, or some other, like, it was, like, Dutch, Dutch Productions or something. Dutch Rudder. Was releasing like special editions and like a two-part like fucking bootleg of old songs and stuff Mm -hmm. they were releasing that themselves right without permission from anybody Uh. and so the Sholdeners were like oh fuck you no you're not yeah and there was like a decade-long legal battle with them shit and like they were (laughs) it was such bullshit but Hopefully, the second Control Denied album can be released at some point. Yeah, just fucking let it out, man. Yeah, I don't know. Who gives a fuck? In the meantime, people from all over the rock world came out to express their love of Chuck and his music and their devastation about his untimely death. Even when he was alive, he got the moniker The Godfather of Death Metal, which he never liked. He was just a regular dude that wanted to make some cool music, but he was so much more than that. Mm -hmm. Yes, he defined the death metal genre, but then he continued to break his own mold over and over again, Mm. assuring that death would take its place amongst the highest echelons of metal and ensuring his legacy would live on forever. Yeah. It's a shitty end to a great story.
0: Yeah. I didn't realize he was dead because I when I'm on Spotify, it looks like they're still releasing albums. They those are re-releases. They then. remastered and reissued
1: all of Death's albums. Oh, but like it looks in, like they
0: did it like they didn't do it all at once. They would do it like gradually. I think Spotify
1: does that to make you think that, but like Fuck you,
0: Spotify, <laughs> I didn't know he was dead. But
1: also, um, I think they did like one a year. Mm, okay. leading up to like now. 2016
0: or 2017 I yes. think the last release maybe 2018 i don't well, remember
1: 2016 was when they released scream bloody gore again mm. so but i don't think they did it in order oh okay so who knows but it within the last like seven years yeah yeah they re-released everything
0: damn yeah that's Wow, I didn't expect that to be the ending. Didn't expect it to be such a fucking bummer of an ending. No, I didn't. I was, like, teasing about being a diva. Now I feel bad. <laughs> no, he was still a fucking diva. Okay. It d- no. You can still call him out on being a diva and not okay. being able to complete a fucking European tour. Like, bro. Actually, you know what? I wonder how much the tumor... um.
1: Like had something to do to with his that. mental
0: health it could have had something to do with fucking brain tumor oh my god we figured it out we cracked the code all of this makes sense we now. need to go back in time and give him a butt ton of money so he can get his brain surgery before they catch it we're going back in time all right Huey Lewis you got to do the soundtrack <laughs> we're hiring you man
1: he uh, can't
0: he's deaf now all of this is horrible god 2021's really fucking <laughs> me up man <laughs> Even though this happened 20 years ago, yeah. I'm really fucked up now. Yeah.
1: But still, this story is fucking amazing.
0: Yeah. And this Death is... is really... I mean, even if it isn't... Like, I'm not a huge Death Metal person. I can still look at the story. I can still listen to the music and understand how technically sound it is, how creative it is, and how influential it is. Yeah. Like, Death is a really good band. They're yeah. very solid. There's nothing really bullshit about it.
1: And that's what I really want people to understand about metal in general, especially mm. things like death metal and extreme metal and stuff like that, is the musicianship Yeah, is outstanding. Right. All of the guys that were involved with death are amazing musicians. Yeah. Like, even the guys that aren't as well known as Gene Hoglin or Paul Masvidal or Sean Reiner, mm-hmm. they're still... Fucking technically
0: magnificent musicians. It's like you cannot be a scrub and be in death. Like, you still need to have some essence of really good musicianship to you. And like,
1: these guys aren't just musicians, they're fucking athletes.
0: Yeah. Especially the
1: drummers, because. I read an article You need that stamina. Exactly. You need that stamina. But I read I read an article or a interview with Sean Reiner and he was like, We're like athletes. That's why I never like drank a ton or did drugs or anything because you can't go out and party until five, six, seven o'clock in the morning and then turn around and play this music for two hours. Right. You can't do that. You have to treat your body well. I mean, what
0: do you think this is? The Rolling Stones?
1: Seriously. Oh! <laughs> that was gotcha. a, a
0: sick burn. Take that, <laughs> Jagger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're just strumming a blues song, yeah, you can do all the coke and heroin and drugs you want all day, all night, and still play a show. Looking at you, Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. 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 And you, Keith Richards.
0: Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, like, you can't you can't do that and be
0: these guys. No. And yeah. play a decent show. That's so. fair. Yeah, you have to be on top of your game, man. Yeah. So even if it's not your cup of tea, you still should be able to look at bands like Death and say, like, maybe it's not my favorite music, but I 100%, <laughs> but I have respect. 100% respect this band. Yeah. Because they put in the fucking work.
1: And that's all I want people to do with Death Metal. All right. Just... Fucking give respect where respect is due because these guys deserve it.
0: Well, I here you go. Here's my respect. <laughs> it's all yours. Put it in this nice little box and, so, and send it out to death. Here you go. <laughs> I respect you. Yay, yay. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you all enjoyed that story as much as I did and got bummed out as much as I did at the end. Sorry, should have should have made a bummed out warning. No, because then it's a spoiler. Exactly. We're on the journey together yeah and if you're enjoying your journey with us you can go visit our website rockcandypodcast.com and see other or listen to other journeys of other amazing musicians and artists (laughs) i'm pumping our stuff (laughs) um also we have social media we have facebook instagram and twitter and we try to post on it no honestly like fuck it like just twitter should be our main focus go follow our twitter not twitter Instagram.
1: I was gonna say Twitter. No, I'm when, I'm really when did this change of am, heart happen? I am this close to
0: giving up on Twitter. So please go follow our Instagram because I'm over Twitter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm I so mean, over it. We mostly post on Instagram because yeah. we're older millennials and yeah. that is that is our like bread and butter and
0: we can't learn anything else. Yeah, please don't ask me to do a TikTok. I just can't. I'm so tired. What's
1: the TikTok?
0: Oh, I know exactly what it is. I love watching TikToks. Please don't ask me to make one. Yeah.
1: I don't. I don't want to learn new things. If you have a TikTok, things. tell me
0: what your TikTok is, and I'll follow you. Yeah, but I'm so tired; I can't make one. Yeah, it's not gonna happen.
1: <laughs> That's another app that I have to pay attention yeah. to, and already it's it's sketchy up there. It is. It is. We also have a Patreon if we want to do that. <laughs> If you're not on the Instagrams or anything, we have Patreon, and you can give us a little bit of money every month, and we will give you stuff in return. Mm-hmm. You might get some swag, you might get a phone ringer majiggy. You mean a ringtone? Yeah.
0: Wow. I don't even think people use ringtones anymore. I don't. Oh, no, does sure. anybody still use ringback tones? Remember the commercials with the weird frog, and you can get the- I No. Nope, we are not talking about that. <laughs> we're not going down, not that, going down that frog road.
1: hole. No, oh. but <laughs> you—you okay, anyway. you get a
0: couple fun bonus episodes get as well. Some bonus, this this past month, we had a bonus bonus episode. Yeah, so. we had a really fun one on misheard lyrics. So if you want to hear us be stupid about what we thought <laughs> lyrics were. Go, to, go give to our Patreon. Yeah. It was really fun, actually.
1: I I enjoyed it. It, it was, was fun to relive all of the lyrics that I thought were right when I was a kid. And they were very they wrong. They were very wrong. Quite wrong.
0: Yes. I'm busy. Don't touch it.
1: <laughs> just, a little, <laughs> just a little
0: sneak in there. A little sneak in there. Oh, well, next week we have actually a little bit of shop talk. We have one more Metal Mania episode. And then... Yes. I'll let you kids know something. We're going to do our summer schedule again.
1: Because it worked out last summer. It worked out really well. And we kind of want to do it again because we have jobs and lives. Well, and we love this podcast and we love doing it, but summer's busy.
0: Well, you work every fucking Saturday. Yes. All day. All day. And, and then it's a lot. We're both in a wedding this year. Yes. And we both have full time jobs. I'm taking care of my dad and assisted living a little bit. So like, yeah, we have a lot going on and it's nice to have summers where it's like we we can have have a a little little wiggle room, little breathing room. Mm -hmm. So we are going to be going to every other week after next week. Yes. So throughout June, July and August. We will be doing every other week episodes. Yes. We are very sorry. Patreon is still going to be happening but, as scheduled. But also, if you do want more content from us, we're we are going to try and
1: do some more Patreon stuff.
0: Yeah, we're gonna try to up our Patreon a little bit because you at guys least, are a little more forgiving. Yeah, at least doing another like short ep- like maybe, so, uh, maybe a like couple. a little yeah a couple of twenty minuters just because you know we can Those give are you guys a little extra content and it's less research, less editing, right? And, and we just can more just fun.
1: We can just kind of. You know, do some off the cuff bullshit. So and you apparently like it.
0: Apparently, (laughs)
1: apparently you like it.
0: If you don't like it, don't don't come for it because so you won't like it.
1: If you miss us and you want more content, you can you can give a few schmackles to our little Patreon and you will get more of us every month because
0: that's what everybody wants. Or or if you hate us, just keep listening to us regularly because now we're gonna quit every other week. So now you have less of us, so. No, Good do- for you. you know what? This works out for everyone. It does. <laughs> All right, so, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with one more metal story. But until then, party on, Ashley. Party on. <coughs> Maggie. And party on your crazy kids out there.
1: Want a small order of fries? A small
0: order of fries. Just to go. To go. <laughs> <laughs>